Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten, and it's United against Wolves on a pretty grey, quite cold Manchester day, uh, given the, the good weather that's been here for a while. I'm in the Black Dog Ballroom. There's two of them in Manchester, they're very popular bars. I'm at the one near Oxford Road Station. I think it was called Generation X years ago, but Generation X are probably not out drinking all the time now, so it's got a new name. And I'm here with the Red Army group who've met pre-match. They're the uh, group who sort Old Trafford out in terms of helping boost the atmosphere. We had them on a podcast a year ago before the, the ball mm. game and it was very much in its infancy then. They were, they were planning, they had some good ideas, we were getting some cooperation from the club and I think a year on, and I'll speak to some of the lads behind it, um, I've seen some really good um, results of their efforts. Uh, the Brighton Cup game where there was a massive group of a couple of thousand Reds making a lot of noise on a terrible night inside Old Trafford and then this season they've been allocated new section of seats just below J stand and right from the first game against Leicester I was struck by well that's a very vocal section which wasn't very vocal in previous years and it's not the only part of Old Trafford making noise the Stretford end makes decent noise and but it's become a it's a focal point and I think we'd all agree that there's no army boosting the Old Trafford atmosphere because it has needed a boost. And you know, it drives me mad when I travel as my job, I travel around the world, and I'm very lucky to do that. And I go to grounds, and the atmosphere is just so much better than Old Trafford. It pisses me off, it makes me envious. I was in Argentina at the start of the year, and you're in grounds of eight or 10,000 people, and it's just so much better than any English ground. And I would love to see that change. And I think the people I'm sat with now uh, are similar, would have a similar view and are certainly motivated because they've got off their arse and done something about it. Rather than moan about it anonymously on websites, they've actually done something about it. And I think if you raise your head above the parapet, you could be shot at, in Manchester especially. But these lads have pretended to keep pretty anonymous. Um, They've built a group from grassroots. There's lots of good United fans, and I'm seeing that with my own eyes in the pub. Uh, people, young and old, some who've not been going for such a long time, some who've been going for years, but there's a good vibe here, and they're all going to go to the game. So, and with Dutch and Tricky, uh, we last spoke a year ago, Dutch. Tell me what has gone on with the Red Army group since then. Um, a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Um, a lot of the organisational element was manual, so Tricky has got a background in a bit of coding, but we were talking about managing hundreds and hundreds of people on Excel spreadsheets. So from a, <clears throat> I guess, a technology point of view, we've got a developer in who's created a database, and we've now got over 2,000 people registered with us, which is a good start in terms of numbers. And who are those 2,000? They're season ticket holders or just people who want to be part of the group or members I would guess at 95% season ticket holders right. and maybe even more and a, and a handful of members right. and people that have uh, registered so we've got everyone um, 
to register to say that they wanted to be part of something short and long term. So the, the goal is to create the atmosphere short term, but to get a permanent home long term, wherever that may be. And we put a proposal into the club, which we'll go into in more detail. But it, it, it's basically taken over our lives. We've got <clears throat> very understanding wives, thankfully. But we needed, we needed some help and we got a, a lad in to develop a database. So we've now, we can now text out, we can invite people to events, we can log, we can track, we can see who's um, responding to what we're sending out on text, so on and so forth. So from a technology point of view, we're not 100% there, but we are 75% of the way of where we want to be in terms of managing that. So you might say we've got a section of 500 seats for Valencia at home, are you interested? And then you get the response and it can all be managed that way. Text goes out, um, there's a link on the text, people apply um, and that logs with us. We know who's applied um, and we've been oversubscribed for every game so far. What sort of numbers? Um, we've got 575 tickets and we're talking 800 plus are responding oh. to the game so far, right. which unfortunately means people are getting chubbed, um, which is actually one of the things we asked the developer to put into the database. Um, <laughs> So that's good. So supply and demand's good. Um, and, and from there, we then kind of do a ballot. And what we're encouraging is people to get into groups. Um, there's a, a facility on the, on the database, if you log in, to group up. And we are prioritising groups over singletons because we want people to create communities. So even, and, and what we're seeing now on Twitter is people saying, I'm not in a group, can you get me in a group? Because A, it's advantageous for them. And we think, you know, if you think back, you first saw the strep for them, you didn't know the person next year within a number of games, you knew them, even if it was only at the match, and we've seen a great article in United, we stand about the community element around people. Um, and that's the aim, to get people grouped up, and those groups then become bigger groups, and then you kind of have that sense of community. So that's where we're at, kind of technology and response and numbers. Um, and, and Tricky, and, yeah. tell us about some of the, the best games. Well, tell me about Brighton. Was that the most notable one? Brighton was the one that um, got everyone's attention, first of all, because we didn't know. Um, <coughs> basically, we, 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 it, was, it all came about with a last minute, a chance phone call between us and Sam Keller, the ticket office, who's been a massive help to us. Um, basically, we realised that Brighton weren't taking a full allocation, so we jumped on it and said, Is there any chance we can have L stand? Didn't think we'd get it. A few phone calls went backwards and forwards from the club to whoever, and uh, we were really surprised. He said, Yeah, so we got on it nice and quick. We put about, I think we put about 800, 900 people in there ourselves, and the club put another four or 500 in there. I think the numbers are about right, I think. Um, Saturday night game, we had no idea if it was going to be an amazing success or if it was going to be a damp squib. The weather was horrendous, I seem to remember. Everyone was leathered, I seem to remember as well, I think. Yeah. And we got in the ground half an hour for kickoff because me and Dutch wanted to get in there. We'd arranged to meet you know, some of the security guys in there from United because they were obviously concerned about what may or may not happen. They had no idea. Um, and we got in there half an hour before the game kicks off and it was loud in there. We sort of looked at each other and thought, hang on, this might, this, might, this might actually happen. And then from half an hour before kick-off, right through the game, right through half-time till after the game, it was like a very good away end in there. And we came out, we were buzzing. The response we got in the media and from United, the, the, the people at United who we kind of respect and wanted to get a, a, a good. So you uh, sense the, the, the club's um, willing to make it work is absolute, is genuine. You've gained good I assistance would, with the club, yeah. Because for years that was not the case. Yeah, I would, I would say there's, there's a lot of, um, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but uh, there's a lot of misconception about certain elements of the club at United. I would say that most of it is probably true in terms of. 
there's only a small, relatively small element at the moment, literally one or two people at United who get what we're about and 100% want it to work. And I've already mentioned one of them. But it's growing on a game-by-game -game basis. After Leicester, when we did the United Road for the first time, we had a meeting with um, a few people from United afterwards, the security essentially, head of security, and they basically were deeply impressed with not only the, the, the atmosphere, but the fact we self-policed it. There was no either. I mean... How'd you self-police? We basically, we put the word out um, amongst... Don't the, spoil it. Just Yeah, yeah. basically, if, you know, I'll go down there, there, have a good time, be loud, um, whatever you want to do, but don't take the piss. Don't, you know, respect the stewards, keep the hours clear, try and stick to your seats, and just don't act an idiot. If that happened, we saw once or twice, you saw the odd person, and we just went out and tapped on the shoulder, had a quiet word, various people did, and it was solved, and the stewards loved it. They had a day off, basically. So, didn't they? They loved it. They were shaking, they literally shook our hand at the end of it, a guy, um, is it Dermot? I think he, he runs that section. He came, he, beforehand, he's an Irish guy, he was um, quite on top about what we can and can't do. Afterwards, he shook our hands and said, that, you know, I'm going to recommend you do this again, which is... Quite, quite he does United away, Dermot. Right. So we're used to kind of you know yeah. that element. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was important that and it, it, with the, with the security guys, they've got a number of concerns. But it's very very simple. If you keep the gangways clear, you've got them almost on side, haven't you? Because that's a, a kind of security risk. And obviously, you don't want any pyros in there and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, it was. And uh, if there's a knobhead, have a word with him, and it's better coming from within rather yeah. than someone. It in, works you know, because Paris. basically how we do it is, um, and we've not really had to do this yet. But essentially, there's a as there's a kind of threat hanging over everybody. It's not a physical threat or anything like that, but we, you know, we basically have a word, and the threat is, essentially, if you want to remain a part of what we're doing here, we're building something and everyone's getting excited about it. If you want to remain a part of it, don't ruin it for everybody else, because if you do, you're out. And so, that works. so at the moment, this is happening. Um, it could be in different sections, uh, and there's nothing definite. It might be like, okay, we'll give you, or can we have six, 800 seats for this game? And what would you like to happen in the, the medium term? Would you, Dutz mentioned about having a, a permanent home for the section of, of vocal fans. Um, I know you've, you've drawn up some sort of com possible configurations. Yeah. What, what's the state of play at the moment? So we submitted a proposal last, well, when was it? The end of last season, wasn't yeah. it really? Um, and the proposal was, was, to be fair, it was designed around Elstand in the main but also a reference to the Stratford End. So MUST have done an open letter to United, haven't they, and, and said that we really need to reclaim the Stratford End as a hotbed of our support, which is, which is fair enough, and we know the history around the exec seats and stuff. We, we thought Elstand would, would be a great place to start because you've got uh, put the away fans in East Tier 2, K-Stand might get reignited, and because uh, East Tier 2 wouldn't house all the away fans with a bit of segregation and spend a little bit of money dividing it up, you kind of surrounding away fans by hopefully vocal United fans spark off each other so on and so forth we appreciate that the security concerns we knew we knew ahead of the game that they probably wouldn't like that suggestion even though we went to lens to say look away fans in East Tier 2 they're nearer to the exit the car park there's no congestion around the Munich tunnel that kind of stuff uh, but we did put the Stratford end as obviously another alternative but not just a pocket of people it needs to be something that grows and grows and grows. So you kind of end up with, you know, all of the right-minded people in one section, which will hopefully spark off the rest of the ground. So that proposal went in. We still haven't had anything back to say yay or nay. 
they are definitely not happy with away fans in tier two. Um, so we, we think L stand is unlikely. Um, so the, the long-term objective is to, is to recreate. You know, I mean, the, the Stretford End has obviously got the family stands, got the execs in. Um, the club will have to probably make some difficult decisions. That we know that. Um, but as as Rick said, there definitely seems to be a mind, a, a kind of shift in view, and Brighton seem to have, have kind of had that impact. That actually, if you do give us responsibility, and if you trust us, and I know there was a pyro in Brighton, and you know there was a couple of incidents, but fourteen hundred people on the last all day on a Saturday night, it was a really good test of that. Actually, if you trust us. We might not just start stampeding across the forecourt. It's not 1983, not that I ever did that anyway. Um, but if you trust the people to do it right and give us give us enough room to manoeuvre, we might actually not fuck it up. We might actually make make a difference. And when we say we, we mean every single person that went to Brighton, Leicester, here today. It's an absolute collective and everyone everyone's got a part to play in it. OK, I'm going to head down to the ground. Tricky, you pretty optimistic about the future of the group, your level of cooperation with the club, your communication with the club, or is it just a case of continuing to build up more trust to get more people, get the atmosphere better and, and hopefully move towards a, a bigger permanent section where you can all go? Yeah, I think, it, I think at this stage it's a case of one game at a time building up trust, like you say, on, the, on both the fan side and the club side, because we've got to keep the, an element of our, of our support keep them sweet as well we're aware of that um, what do you mean well I mean I'm talking about the more traditional support and maybe the la- older lads that go to the away games more maybe that kind of I mean I, I include myself in that in a way because I'm and Dutz as well to, you know but that they're the, we've always been aware that we can't be turning up like a new group and kind of you know ruffling feathers so we've got to keep our fans base um, sweet as well we've got to keep the club sweet but one game at a time I think is the way to do it we're not making any rash promises we're just taking it one game at a time and we're building it and we will definitely get there um, next season we're hoping things will, will change in our favour a bit more um, don't know what exactly yet there's nothing concrete but we think we're definitely going to get there today's going to be pretty loud I think in there I think you'll see a good atmosphere and um, next time up Valencia then Newcastle and we're just going to pick and choose a few games each season or the, until the end of the season and uh, just, make, just make a big difference and just keep building you had any feedback from any of the players or the manager? Not directly, no. We we know, get some then, haven't we? We we yeah, that'd be nice. Okay. You know, uh, we, we we have had unofficially feedback, but not direct direct to us. But feedback from we know that um, I think a couple of players in Reno did he? I can't remember. Don't sort of know better than I can. So I'm half drunk. But basically, um, we did have some feedback saying that they, they did notice, but. Um, nothing direct to us, and we, we don't. To be honest, we don't really want it. We're not, we're not interested. It's not really about that. It's we just want everyone to go to the United, have a good time, and eventually, you know, change the culture in there to a place where, you, at the moment, you go to United and you, you pretty much expect to be sat down and told to sat down. We want to change that. See, people going to United know or they expect that they are expected to stand and sing for ninety minutes. That's and safe standing could all come into this in the future. I think it will do. Um, the, the big fear for us with safe standing has always been you shout the word safe standing and all common sense goes out the window and before you know it you've got the same situation where it's full of tourists and whoever and tickets being touted and swapped around and has that been an issue it. last season it's always an issue yeah. always an issue yeah. does that not disappoint you that some fellow fans will do that though, that the ticket will become cherished 
in a certain section. Like I, I, I sat in J against Liverpool last season, season four last, and I was struck by how many tourists were in there. And I was thinking, how the fuck have you got a ticket? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. And I've been around long enough to know what happens and how it, how it works. And yeah. It's greed. It's greed. It's business at the end of the day. And, you know, we, we've always been very um, careful about what we said about touts and about the whole situation of ticket. We've kept out of it. Mm. It's not really our business. Obviously, yeah. we're, we, we would like everybody in there to be a proper United fan and everything yeah. else, but we're, we're realistic. We think it's going to... We've got systems in place now yeah. in United Road which are going to expand out, which should take care of that yeah. naturally without us having to... We certainly don't want to be going around pointing people out or anything like that. It's just not our game. We're not interested in that at all. That comment about the culture is bang on. So, um, after Leicester, I didn't go to the Spurs game, so I watched it on the telly. And Spurs, I don't know what it was like in the ground, but it sounded brilliant. Yeah, I know we lost 3-0, but it almost felt like maybe... And K-Stan stood for the entire game against Leicester, didn't he? And they got involved, and it almost felt like if, if that can happen every week, where people just come, stand up, and start singing, it, it, it might only take a thousand people that needs to do that, or two thousand, whatever. And rather than see that group as, you know, us and them, it's just a spark of something. And if people turn up like they did against Leicester, and certainly in the first 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 half against Spurs and the last 15, 20 minutes, it sounded almost as if something had shifted in the mindset. And that's probably all it takes that people come to the game and think right I'm going to sit I'm at Old Trafford now um, there's a couple of hours to kick off and I'm with a lad um, who's taking his daughter to her first ever game she's four years old what's your name and where are you going to today who are you going to watch and do, do you know any of the players do you know any of the names no you've got your new pink kit on and are you looking forward to it yeah. yeah. Excited, aren't you? Very <laughs> nervous. In a, in a very fetching fit, fit <laughs> kit. Oh, she's just seen oh, she's another kid. And what's your name? It's Dave. And this is first game for her? It's the first game, yeah, with Dad uh, Getting all the pink outfit on, pink coat, pink boots, pink shirt, pink everything. And you've been going to matches for years, yeah? Yeah, yeah, for years with my dad from when I was like a little lad. Go Where are you from? Place. Worsley. And you go away, I've seen you in Europe and... Yeah, yeah. Do you have any other kids? Yes. Have they been? No, no, they've so not been. This no, a... this is the first one we've got daddy all today, yeah. Why did she get the special treatment? I don't know. Maybe she's just found her way to her dad's heart. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Prediction, please. Uh, today I'm going to go for 3-0. To Wolves? <laughs> not at all. All right. <laughs> Cheers, mate. So I'm still outside Old Trafford and we've gone from Phoebe age four for her first game. Um, I'm... And another young man. It's your first game. What's your name? Charlie. How old are you, Charlie? Six. Uh, who's your favourite player? Rashford. Who's your second favourite? Pulpit. Who's your third favourite? <laughs> uh, and are you looking forward to the game today? Yeah. What are you expecting? Good goals. Are you? And you've never been inside Old Trafford before? No. You've just seen it from the outside? Mm-hmm. Yeah? And where are you from? And what's Dad's name? Ian. Where are you from? Uh, Macclesfield. We live in Macclesfield. Now, right. Yeah. And why was today chosen to be his first game? Uh, we chose at the start of the season because we thought we'd have a good chance of, uh, of getting a win. So obviously the first few games have been a bit more difficult than expected. But yeah, we've got a season ticket, but obviously it's his first game coming today. Where's your season ticket? Uh, we're in the, uh, the old scoreboard end, yeah. Right. So yeah, we're looking forward to 
take him for his first one today. Well, hope he enjoys it. Can I have a score prediction, please, from both of you? I think it'll be 1-0 to United. 1-0 to United. 10. 10. 10 nil to Wolves, that's well out of order. Really? You think Wolves will win 10 nil? Oh, United will win 10 nil. Okay, so for the second time in United's history, I think they only scored 10 once before, that was against Anderlecht. We've got a 10 nil prediction. I hope you're right, mate. Game's finished, one all. You can hear the 3,000 Wolves fans. Well, Wolverhampton were on our way back. They deserved it. Good side. Really like the look of Ruben Neves, number eight, midfield. And Diogo Jota as well. We've heard good things about them and they justified it. Good game. Disappointing game for Manchester United. I watched Alexis Sanchez closely. Just not happening for him. Not a sparking for him. No one knows around him. He's trying. Did a couple of bits, but... As with many other Manchester United players, things could be going much better for Sanchez and he came off. Replaced by Anthony Martial. The Wolves players are in front of me with the coaching staff. Applauding the away fans. Nuno's their manager. is punching the air. They're going crazy having the time of their lives. There's not a single United player left on the pitch. And United were poor by the end. It resorted to hitting long balls forward to get a winner. And they didn't deserve to win. Could have been four straight wins for United. And now singing Nuno's a special one. Actually, David De was needed in the first half to make two very good saves. And while I've singled out Alexis Sanchez, you can say the same thing for much of the team. This is where Manchester United are now. Jose Mourinho said expects it to be a difficult season and when a team with the quality of Wolves come to Old Trafford with a confidence and talent, you get a result. They would have been beaten 2 0 in, in days of yore. A 1 0 draw against Wolves is never going to be good enough for a team with title aspirations. But do Manchester United really have title aspirations? No, there was a nervousness when Wolves got their equaliser. They felt that they could get a winner. There's no fear from teams coming to Old Trafford now. They think they can get a result because they can. It's good that Fred got his first goal. He was buzzing, nearly got a second one. Gonna go back outside the ground, leave the lads to... their opinions I'm going to go and see what Jose Mourinho has to say and then on Tuesday I'm going to go not to that huge game at Old Trafford against Derby I'm going to go to Cork for that Liam Miller uh, game 
benefit match, 45,000 sellout against Manchester United uh, veterans. Uh, we do have quite a lot of readers in Ireland, so I'll, I'll take a bag of United Blue stands. We had anyone out today. Thanks for your, for buying it. And uh, I'll sell them outside the ground in Cork, and every penny I get, three euros, three quid, three euros, all about the same these days, isn't it? Um, we'll pass it on to the, the the fund which the game is raising money for in Cork and then we'll also do a podcast from Derby so we'll do two podcasts midweek and then we've got the game the next game after that I feel that reality is biting a little bit with this result This is where Manchester United are. This is how good they are. It's not like you can say we're waiting for X or Y to come back. That was a really strong team we played today. Good players on the bench. Did Matter and Marshall make much of a difference when they came on? Not really. Look, no team's going to win every week. But it still feels like a disappointment. Not for the first time in recent years at Old Trafford, where teams have come and attacked. There was a big bright spot today, and that was Sir Alex Ferguson coming back in good health, being applauded. Hopefully, the days. This post-match after United have drawn at home to Wolves, Wolves who uh, support their local team. If you didn't know that. Fucking annoys me, all of that sort of stuff. Um, with me, I know Andy's done something pre, so we're uh, just going to do a bit of stuff post-game. I uh, don't know what he's put on here, probably some karaoke singer from Wolverhampton, <laughs> like that weirdo we had from Watford. Um, John Ashton's here, Anshaw's here, and uh, Stu Everett's making his first appearance of the season. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, do you have a good summer? <laughs> yeah, it's just ended. <laughs> it's just ended, yeah, yeah. Um, Brian McClare pulled me on the way out. He was going over the road for a drink, and he, he summed it up by saying quite... Um, I didn't come all this way to be entertained by Wolves. I mean, just yeah. spot on, isn't it? Fair point, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't want to be too critical on United because I did think um, there were some moments going forward where, you know, we're trying to do the right thing, but we just um, got a couple of followers, in my opinion, that aren't on the same wavelength. There's just nothing seems to work at all. There's only one on the pitch for a start. I think Brian McClash should support his local team if that's his attitude. <laughs> just like the Wolves fans said. Uh, no, he's right though, isn't he? Um, yeah, I, do you know what I said before the game? I thought it was going to be a tough game today. Um, from what I've seen of Wolves this year, I've been quite impressed with them. I thought they were brilliant against, when I watched them against City the other week. Um, if anyone deserved to win the game, it was probably them. Uh, well, there's no doubt the busier keeper yeah, was ours, wasn't he, making that saves. Stu? Uh, hard to an analyse Wolves yeah very decent decent team certainly better than the last Wolves team that were in the Premiership um, and I think teams that come up now I've got a lot about them and a bit more money and they had three or four really good players today and could have nicked it quite easily United should be burying teams like that though if you've got any aspirations of doing anything remotely um, like challenge for places to get into Europe I think um, United can't play like below average and you know win a game and that's um, a big problem at the moment when we're, even when we're 1-0 up in a game that we're not playing well in you just you just see feel like there's an equaliser around the corner and um, what doesn't help is is that I, I just can't I don't have a clue how Sanchez and Lukaku are going to end up playing together because you know they do a couple of nice you know 
things individually are, but they just seem on completely different wavelengths to me. No, no connection yeah. between them two at all. It's, I mean, it can't be easy trying to find that big lummox up top anyway, but... Um, yeah. I think that was no, his worst game, you know. Oh, you just, there's, there's a fair few to choose from. It, at least you, you, you at least hope that if things aren't going well for you, you at least put a shift in. And, and today he didn't do any of that. And let's see what his running stats were, but they can't have him. Well, can't the, have I mean, the other annoying thing is as well, I mean, Lukaku, yeah, he's an all right player. He's um, probably worth having in our squad and he's, he's, he's in our squad on merit. But, I mean, wh- why does he play 90 minutes all the time? Like, if, if um, anybody else dare, in that forward line dares to have like a bad half an hour, they're hauled off straight away, aren't they? So I, I don't really understand. Yeah, I mean, someone was yeah. b- someone was belting onto me on the way out about the substitutes, you know, because obviously I made them. There was no point, was there, with someone? <laughs> some of them did seem a bit. Uh, yeah, I didn't kind of get, I didn't get what they were about. To be no. fair, but um, um, the thing is, though, first half, you know, once they got that goal, because Wolf started all right. Um, I thought they were fairly decent, and you know, this is a, didn't, didn't they draw against City? Yeah. You know, so you know, we know that they can play good football, but United at home to Wolves. Um, with a bit of momentum and everything else, and getting a goal up, United should have then just gone for the juggler, shouldn't they, and just put it away, and they didn't, and they were caught out by just coasting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my massive worry is, and I think it's going to be a long season, is that there's still too many... Should, we just look like a bunch of misfits. And, yeah. and going back to Lukaku and his defence, and he, he did have a shocker today, so there's not much defence to be had, admittedly. But the main worry, and it, it's not going to surprise anybody, is down the right-hand side. Because Valencia, and then when, especially when Mata come on, uh, that, that right-hand side, those two wouldn't get in any, probably any Premier League side, let alone any top six side. Uh, it's a massive worry for me. Valencia's scared of going past the halfway line. He's not linking into either Lingard or Mata. Mata gets it, he comes back onto his left foot. So, so where is where is Lukaku getting the service from? We actually missed a 19-year-old today who's only played for us once. We actually missed him. Well, I'll tell you what I thought was... It was interesting. I don't think Luke Shaw got forward anywhere near as much as he's got forward in yeah, most of the games. They've got um, a high forward line, haven't they? I thought Luke Shaw was excellent. Yeah, today. he did, yeah. I wasn't yeah, being critical of his performance. Game, I just yeah. think but you're right. He, so, he just so didn't when, get forward. So when you've not got any wing-backs coming forward, and then you've got... <laughs> You know, whoever it was in midfield, I'm not quite sure what Lingard was meant to be doing. I'm like, Fellaini did his job, I suppose, and I thought Pogba had a decent game without sort of like doing any too many killer passes. But you need Lukaku running into the channels and going back to Sanchez. I, I, just, I can't see him being at United in 12 months' time. I just don't think he fits. It, it, not just with Lukaku. You've seen taking a massive pay cut to disappear anywhere else, though, is it? You've said this since. Well, you know, just apart from when everyone was going on about him being a will beater when he had a good game against Yeovil, um, but since then you've been quite open about he's not fitted in. I just, I just think he's a square peg in a round hole, and it was a, it was nothing more than a, a cock measuring exercise with United trying to sign him. It was a case of saying I was trying to flex our muscle and buy an established player. That, that position on the pitch did not need fixing. Marcel and Rashford had it boxed off between them, and it's just never worked since he's been here. The cock measuring was that Sanchez Olakaki. <laughs> well. Even I just mean in terms of the club. In terms of the club, gets wanting to stick one over Sitter of a player that they thought they'd signed. Yeah, I just don't. And I don't think. Yeah. It, I just don't see it at all. Why we well, haven't bought him? Play more front, you know, mm. rather than you know if it's not working with Lukaku, which it doesn't in times. And like last time before in those games when it didn't work with last time. Put a forward on or running behind him. Were you surprised Fred got took off? Because I thought he looked pretty decent today. Yeah, it's probably his best game. Yeah, yeah, and he had um, obviously a great finish for his goal. Um, he's, he's still a bit busy, isn't he? And, but, you know, 
bit rash. Yeah. But um, he looks like he's learning to sh- shield the ball a bit more rather than just play too quickly for us. What I liked about him today, though, he, he keeps the ball moving quickly, doesn't he? You know, he doesn't delay on it like some players can be guilty of taking too many touches, but um, that was his best game. So I think he's just, last, every game you've watched him, he's tired a little bit. I think that might have been the manager's thinking. Sounded weird, though, didn't it, when he announced that he'd scored? <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, his goal scorer, Fred. You did, he tried to drag it out, didn't he? It must be an absolute nightmare for that. Um, what, um, what can you sort of pinpoint or put any of the sort of performance down to the sort of trip away midweek? Because I thought, you know, I don't think United looked like they were tired. No, I. I, I Again, there was changes, though, weren't there? There's very little sort of rhythm and consistency in the play. When you get so many changes all the time, I don't think that always, always helps. Um, that was He's suspended, suspended he? isn't he? Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, as, we'd have won with him today as well. As, as, yeah. was, as was Rashford, someone else who got sent on. <clears throat> yeah, I just think it's just one and day. We just didn't look on the pace. I don't think the, the team selection was right. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm much of a fan of Jesse Lingard. I'd, I'd never play him in home games. I don't think he... he I don't think he's got that guile to... He works so much better in away games where you've got a bit more space. I don't think he's got the guile to play now. When you've seen that forward line of Sanchez, Lukaku and Lingard, you start to yourself, where's the creativity going to come from there? You didn't expect us to create that many chances today with those three in there. Would you have started Marshall? Um, probably not, no. I'd have started um, Sanchez, but the thing is, when, when your main striker's um, in such, having such a bad game, I want to see him taken off, you know? And um, I think Sanchez played there for Arsenal. He'd give some what, um, the defence a complete opposite to work to you know to he think about. There, he played there a lot of the summer, didn't he? When yeah, the tears yeah. on the tone looked really sharp there, yeah, yeah. and then he stuck him back out there. And he took, I don't know, just He's to... definitely lost in that wide left position, isn't he? Because um, I, I think United play too too defensive. Like the wingers are expected to come back, and he's expected to pick the ball up on the halfway line, but rather than wait. He's picked the ball up on the edge of the box for Arsenal. I think, you know, and I think, I think what Arsenal. you said before was right about Lukaku. Has he actually yeah. ever been subbed? No. By, by Mourinho it's a bit of a worry yeah he just never ever does it and we used to moan about when he'd never take Ibrahimovic off when he was having a bad game there. he just will never ever take that for big big lump off up and top it, you know even at 1-0 when we're second half we're just punting balls forward out yeah, and it's it looks like, a bit aimless didn't it yeah I mean I we, we all got we all got a message off and demanding that we left the ground early um, <laughs> not that I needed any encouraging to be honest with you but yeah. uh, I didn't see much of what the last sort of 10 minutes um, I don't know whether United had any sort of chances or anything like that, but you kind of got the feeling that they, they, they one still in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of got to say you come running, running exactly. past me, so you need to practice what you preach. But you kind of got the sense that it just wasn't going to happen, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, I don't think things are that bad because there is um, we've sort of like got a lot of good individuals and players. But I mean, Luke Shaw's looking good now, so that's our left back sorted out, mm. ticking him off, but. I just think I, I think we're a bit shots yeah. on target at home. I'm pretty sure we've not had more than three or four shots I just think on target we're a bit today. Brainless though as well. Like I mean, Pog was was brilliant today for every single touch except for the one before their goal, and it's it's sort of like the only player in the world who could be who you see be too confident in a game there was because a, he just started being a dickhead all of a sudden <laughs> and holding on to the ball like 30 yards from goal, and it's like there was you a, know, there was a few who were culpable within that goal, weren't they? It was, it was just a... Yeah, he lost it on the halfway line, and it went down the right. And even then, I think there was two other phases before it came back, and I think he finished it really well. He was edge of a box, top corner. But there was two... Once Pogba lost it, it's still the halfway line. I'm not quite sure what went on beyond there, because I'm, I'm a bit, you know, Stratford end, so I've not seen it back. But I'm pretty sure... It, 
He but he's lost it there. But it, there was two other phases before it come back to that player. I don't think it was meant for him. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit of a poor goal to give away. But fair play to them. Idiotic you know. as well. It was just like a, a flick as if to keep yeah. the ball rather than just... Yeah, yeah. He had about three passes on. And that's also, what he does, you know, doesn't he? That's what he does. And it's cost us two points yeah. today. But yeah. the, uh, It could have been different if that goal had gone in just before half-time, wasn't it, from that free kick, which was a pretty damn good save. Yeah, um, did I look an excellent save. If that, that yeah. had gone yeah. in, then you know, you'd probably be short right game over. And, yeah, um, looks a really good save, that. Yeah, absolutely. He looks good at free kicks as well, doesn't he, then? With them. It's a brilliant effort from that yeah, angle yeah, as well. To get, you, apart from the goal. But I, I, I'm pretty sure we've not had more than two of our outfield shots on goal, and, and they've had about ten. Wolves have come to Old Trafford and have ten shots on target. Yeah, it's a shame because... United, sort of, what was that? Three, I, I think it's two. Was it two domestic wins on the trot, winning Europe? It, you just kind of thought maybe we, you know, there's a bit, a, bit of, of a role, yeah. bit of a role going on. United could, well, you know, what's Joe's going to say today? Because it, it's been all smiles for a couple of weeks, and then what's he going to say today? Now he's going to blame today. Yeah, probably won't see Anthony Martial for the next three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll call Luke Shaw a fat cunt, drop Martial, and then and then and then just be. Uh, at the, at, at the end of throwing the rope up again. <laughs> We're laughing though. That's fucking exactly what's going to happen. God knows who's going to play on Tuesday. Absolutely. Oh, fucking hell, Tuesday. Forgot all about that. Cheers, yeah, boys. Ashley Young General will be back on Tuesday. Yeah, Ashley Young will be back. Yeah. Um, are you going to pick anyone out as man of the match for United? Or should we leave it? No, I think I think there were two or three players that played played really well. Smalling was going to get solid at the back against Luke. Like I said Luke Shaw. And again, other than the goal, I thought Pogba was Pogba was really really good. Um, but you can't get there was you can't get away with carrying three or four. Players today who were dreadful, and that was a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd have gone with Pogba, except for that. I think he lost it because of the run-up to their goal, and um, so I'm going Luke Shaw probably. No one. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, Stu. Yeah, welcome back, Stu. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just go. Uh, no, I can't, can't even think of the disuse was like I normally go for when I can't pick. I thought Fred had a decent game, and I think it was a shame that he got subbed. Mm. I would have picked Pogba, but. You can't be giving. You can't be cocking up like that, and, and cost. You know, ultimately, that that yeah. error's cost us the points, hasn't it? Yeah. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, the guy made a couple of decent saves as well, didn't he? So, apparently, I, I was at the other end, but um, so I didn't see it properly. But apparently, that one in the first half yeah, was a top save. save yeah. Yeah. yeah, he made a couple of really good saves. The, the so. one they shown on the half-time highlights in the ground wasn't the, the good save. There was two: the one at his feet, and, and the, the one with the header. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't show that on the highlights, so I couldn't even watch it at half-time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Disappointing. Um, the one bit of bright news, by the way, lads, is uh, Jim managed to get rid of all of his Pope scarves. I saw him before the game today. He, uh, I said, did you get rid of him? And he said, yeah. He said, you won't believe me. Look, he said, I knew someone who was going to watch him in Lithuania. So he's, so he's, he's bought them all off him. So he's going to be sat there laughing his balls off. There'll be some guy on here in a couple of weeks' time kicking off that he went all the way to Lithuania and didn't shift a single scarf. Um, next, um, next game is uh, Derby in the Cup. Yes. I know, I can't fucking... Did you know, you know can't I can't mean? wait. Yeah. I've got a bit of a love affair with that three-handle trophy, man. That's probably the level we're at anyway, so... I won't slag the League Cup no, off at all, but in the same yeah, way, you know, you're talking to someone who wants to finish third in the Champions League, so we can go in the Europa League. Well, um, but, uh, I mean, the, the hope is, yeah, we get, we get through on Tuesday and then we get a decent... Um, if we get away through, away, don't if you? we get through, we'll get Derby again. It's Colchester at home. <laughs> yeah. Ready. Well, is, Derby that, already. is that in the mag that um, in the last decade... Derby account for eight percent of our cup draws. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We've played Reading more. I'm sure of it. We've well, played Reading. I reckon them two combined are twenty five percent. I thought we were going to get Reading in one of the Champions yeah, League yeah. groups. Yeah. <laughs> the same team. 
Yeah, we went through that. We went through that phase of playing. It was either it was Reading at home um, and Derby. Derby. At home. Oh, holy for lucky. Yeah, Leon. There was another one with Leon. We played. We went to Leon every fucking year. <laughs> you know, the uh, Leon's all right. The, the, we, I think there was one year we went to Leon and. Uh, they, they, they just started gassing us, pepper, pepper gassing us for no Sick reason. Your face. Yeah, yeah, no that's what it was. Yeah, the police just said, I think there must have been that. They just thought we're fucking fed up with these fuckers. Let's <laughs> get rid of them. Yeah, they, they, uh, they, they pepper gassed us and then let, um, let these open the back of this van and they had wolves in there. <laughs> <laughs> not, not dogs, they had wolves. They let some wolves out on us. <laughs> fucking horrible place. No, not them, sadly. Anyway, right, so us, us lot, are, you, are, we, uh, are we all here on Tuesday night? Yeah. yeah. Right, so you'll have to listen to Can't us wait. lot. Um, Probably waxing lyrical about uh, a one-nil home win um, in extra time, or does it go to extra time? Oh, it's straight to penalties. One-nil on penalties then. Um, so us, us lot will be back then. Um, till then, if you didn't get the mag today, it was new out. And uh, how many issues is it out for? Four, 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 I think. Four, is it? Okay, so, well, you've got a chance to get it on Tuesday night and two more after that. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday night. Until then, cheers. Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win as well as a host of special bets created by Reds. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by fans, for fans. Check out our website, redarmybet.com or download the app. Red Army Bet, we all follow United.